Thanks for tuning in to Beyond the Bench. This is a podcast for athletic directors, coaches, and leaders, and it's done by three athletic directors from Iowa. I'm Todd Gordon from Greene County in Jefferson, and I'll be joined by Scott Jarvis from Ankeny Centennial and Aaron Stecker from Cedar Rapids Kennedy. If you have any questions or comments you'd like to leave us, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at beyondthebenchgls at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and let's get to today's podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Beyond the Bench, and this is Season 2, Episode 25, Part 2 of last week's podcast. And um, we just, uh, you know, boys, we started rolling with with Byron and Terrence last week. It just, it was a great conversation, and um, we just knew it was going to turn into at least two episodes. Who knows what it's going to turn into tonight? (laughs) 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 But we're back. And uh, so we're going to continue on talking about race relations and, and continuing on with that discussion. And uh, we certainly were just really, Byron and Terrence, just appreciate you coming on again tonight, joining us, and uh, thanks for being here. Sure. Thanks for having us. You betcha. And, uh, you know, as we get going here, I, I just kind of a highlight for us, guys, our show the podcast went over 10,000 total listens last week. So yeah, we hit uh, five digits. And uh, so we're, we're, uh, we're happy for that. Just want to thank all of our listeners who um, are supporting us by, you know, just telling us that, that we're doing a, doing a good service for them. And that's really what it's about. Um, Sure. It's therapy for us every week, but uh, (laughs) we're glad people are getting something out of it as well. So uh, Scott and Aaron, uh, this has been a lot of fun, and just uh, thanks to our listeners, though, more than anything, yeah. who continue to support us that way. Who continue putting up with us week after week. I know. That's the crazy part. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's hey. the more amazing part right there. Yeah. They listen to this so, knucklehead each week. Well, it's uh, again, it, it's just a lot of fun for us to do, and I'm glad people are enjoying it. And, you know, also, as we continue here, that Last week's episode, uh, episode 24, the first part of, of this podcast, already hit 120 uh, through the week. So that's a, that's a pretty good jump for us uh, just on a week. Sometimes it takes us almost two weeks because people listen at different times. They go back and listen to an old one, but I think people got right on to this one. And uh, we appreciate them listening and hope it was as beneficial for them as it was for us. And uh, today uh, will be no different. I'm sure. So uh, we're going to pay a couple bills here and then dive right in. So Aaron, how about the hometown ticket? Well, let's talk about our friends at hometown ticket again there. They're going to be providing a great service. It'll be a great time coming into this fall uh, to look into that online ticketing and and, and contact free uh, um, gates and ticket sales. So uh, if you're an AD looking at that and looking at saving time and and making your job a little less stressful, you're looking ways to improve the fan experience at your games and we at Beyond the Bench suggest you take a look at Hometown Ticketing. Hometown Ticketing provides schools with everything needed to offer professional-level online ticketing at absolutely no cost to your school or athletic program. 
Hometown integrates industry-leading technology directly into your existing school or athletic website. This provides your fans with a simple and easy ticket-buying experience that takes place directly on your website without the need to create an account, remember a new password, or download a new app. From individual game tickets to customized season pass programs, our friends at Hometown Ticketing can customize an entire ticketing platform for your program, and the best part is it doesn't cost your school or athletic program anything to get started. So own your own ticketing with Hometown Ticketing, the official ticketing partner of BNN Sports. Visit them at www.hometownticketing.com to enroll your school today. Great guys there uh, and gals at Hometown Ticketing. And again, they're, um, they're really, uh, you know, this, their service is going to be huge when we get going, rolling full speed of visiting this thing this fall, um, providing a safety, uh, a safety net for, uh, like I said, that contact-free admission and, and gate collection. So, Well, it's so easy. Um, Misty, my assistant, and I went through the training kind of back-end training last week about, you know, how it works and and their customer service is outstanding. And uh, so uh, they are with you every step of the way, and it's definitely worth giving them a call, checking them out. Another one of our sponsors also has great customer service, been very responsive, and that is Gipper. You want your athletic program to stand out on social media? Now you can with Gipper. Using Gipper, you can create and share professional sports graphics to social media in seconds on any device and without needing design experience. So try Gipper out for free at gogipper.com backslash athletics. And Gipper's now gotten into the podcast arena. You can listen to them by searching for Standout, and that's hosted by Matthew Glick. So again, thank you to uh, Gipper for all their help as well. And also uh, a shout out to Varsity Bound and Sam and Todd at Varsity Bound and all of their crew, um, especially right now, uh, working with us on the COVID screening, the app that we've been using. Uh, and boy, the live stream, they've been really putting their live stream, everybody's live stream links on the Varsity Bound app uh, so people can watch. I watched our girls softball team the other night uh, from Gilbert, uh, So. Uh, it was fun to be able to watch them and appreciate everything they're doing. And a uh, cool story. I think, uh, you know, we uh, talked to Sam this week. I, I did a call with Sam on a couple other things, and uh, they had an athletic director from Kentucky reach out. They heard us talking about their app and reached out and got signed up with Varsity Bound. So there's Varsity Bound is now in Kentucky, and I think it was kind of prompted by the COVID app, uh, screening app. but. Uh, Anyway, that was kind of a cool story, and uh, appreciate Varsity Bound, everything they're doing. I think they're going to they're going to be a major player for us here moving forward. Absolutely. Um, well, hey guys, let's get rolling because as we found out last week, there's a lot of stuff to talk about and, and a lot of great things to discuss and learn and and, and, and listen. So we want to get rolling. Want to welcome back our guests. They're with us last week, uh, Coach Byron Beeman, uh, out in the Boston area, quarterbacks coach, triple option quarterbacks coach out there we got to throw that part in there uh so if you listen well, to it, well you I, train, I train all quarterbacks you know i am just a triple option guy there <laughs> you go. all right because because we run kind of a, like a, a a pretty wide open rpo kind of system where where i am now which is yeah. essentially triple option for yes me. it is uh yes, different read 
But same thing. If you don't All have right. a quarterback that wants to run, you don't need to run RPO. <laughs> well, Coach, it's great to have you back on again this week. And we also bring back uh, Terrence Hall. Uh, again, he is a uh, he's a Cedar Rapids guy with Kennedy High School here. Um, was a multi-sport athlete for us here at Kennedy. Went to co-college here in Cedar Rapids. Was an all-conference linebacker for uh, for uh, Co. Uh, and is now working here in town as an IT guy. So, Terrence, welcome back. Go ahead, hey, Tom. Yeah, I got these guys. I mean, now, I mean, they're second-time guests. Isn't that when we give them the robe? <laughs> <What's> <laughs> that? Don't they get the robe now? Gold jacket. Guests, we give them the uh, beyond the bench robe. There you go. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Now that they're just they're regulars in the green room. I'm thinking I could use some fresh gear myself. You know, some something new I can pull out of the closet. I'd like that. I'll get you guys' addresses and I'll send you the uh, the official uh, BTB guest T-shirt here. So got to get your address from you. Okay. Well, hey, I'm always down to uh, promote yep. any way that I can, you know. Yep. Yep. I don't mind being a walking billboard for what you guys do. <laughs> There you go. At, at least I know the people. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I walk around often and don't even know these people, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know Ralph Lauren, but I wear a lot of stuff <laughs> that promotes his business. Yeah. So, you know, at least I know you guys. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. Well, we appreciate you guys coming back for week two uh, to continue this very important conversation. Now, the problem that you guys run into here is this. Since I've been labeled the king of follow-up questions, <laughs> I don't know if it's a fair label or not, but I've been labeled that way, you know, nonetheless. It's more than fair. A week to think about our conversation, and uh, I've got to come back to something. But I, I did have something I wanted to ask um, coming out of last week's conversation to kind of get us started here. Um, so I'm just going to jump right in and we'll ask it. Been curious all week long. So, um, and I want to hear from both of you on this. So, Terrence, I'll throw it your way first. But, Coach, when you were talking last uh, last week, you we brought up, uh, you know, having the conversation. We got into what was going on in the University of Iowa with Coach Doyle and, and then with Coach Ferentz. And, and Coach Doyle and, and the University of Iowa did actually part ways officially here this week um, with that. And, and it's beside the point. I guess it leads me to a bigger thought um, on this. So, with with the big social movement going on now, uh, the, the big ask of folks like myself is stop, listen, learn. If you are engaging in behavior unintentionally, intentionally, or someplace in between that might be making folks uncomfortable, listen to what they have to say to you, learn from what they're telling you, and then work to, now that you know better, be better, do better. Um, so my question becomes this, so you've got a situation like Coach Doyle's or any situation like that, um, where's the line between, um, now that you know better, do better and being given an opportunity to change behavior versus nope. Um, what you've done is, is, has been too much, it's too far and, and you've got to go and you don't get an opportunity in that situation to change and do better. Does my question make sense? Yeah. So, uh, Terrence, I'll throw you first and then coach your thoughts. All right. I'm sorry. So, so let me just make sure I'm on the same page. Right? Are you asking, you know, when, when is it too far to allow that change compared to, you know, parting ways and, you know, it's overweight. You gotta, you gotta step down and leave yeah. at that point. Is that, is yeah, that let me, yeah. Let me say it. Yeah. I, let me say it this way. I think, um, cause I've had a couple of conversations with folks just, just wondering, 
what's that line between you're asking me to listen and learn and make changes versus, nope, that person's got to go because the way they behave, the way they've been behaving, the things they've been saying, there is no opportunity to change. The only opportunity you have is you've got to resign or you're going to be fired and we're going to move on. I, and I've had some people just ask in conversation, so when do I get the opportunity to learn and grow and change versus when am I going to be shown the door? And what's that? So I thought I'd ask you guys that because that conversation has been come up a couple times. Yeah, I, I, just, I just say, you know, right off the bat, you look about look, look at how long has this been going on? You know, how, how long or in other words, for, for better to rephrase it, you know, how many chances have you had to change? How many chances have you had to really, you know, listen and do better? And even it, with those chances, you still chose not to. And then, you know, taking that even further on is when, when, when the conversation is brought up of that this change needs to happen, what's your response? What's your, what's your platform for how you're going to change? If you still don't have that and, and, and you don't, you're not willing to actually put that in place, it's, it's time to hit the door. You know, if, if, if you are who you are, if that's quote unquote, you are who you are. It's time to go if, if that's who you are in, in this case. And, and you know, in, in that, in that example there, there's just not any platform of change. There's not, I mean, it's a sorry. Yeah. Okay. We get a lot of sorries, but what's, what's your platform to change and what, what, where's your do better? Where is it? If that's not, if that's not, you know, evident here, then it's time to hit the door. Okay. And I, that's the biggest thing is, you know, you've had so many chances. You've had all this time to do right. And you chose, you made the choice to continue to do wrong. And so now that it's in the light, it's time to go. Okay. All right. Coach, your thoughts on that? Thanks, Terrence. Um, I, I would agree. I think it's, it's, it's the matter of like how much time does it take you to become, uh, you know, conscious, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know um, I, I'm not saying that you have to know everything about black and brown life, you know, to have that, you know, just be a decent human being. Like, I'm not asking you to be, to, to like, to be able to quote, you know, Malcolm X or, or Marcus Garvey back to me. I, I'm not looking for that. What I'm looking for is for you to be a decent human being. And being a decent human being is accepting the fact that everybody is not the same and that you have to give like some real hard thought about how you're going about your business when you're dealing with people who don't look like you. You know, are you operating off of a stereotypical view of people or are you actually engaging in conversation with people and getting to know people? You know, because I think we all have preconceived notions about people in general, you know. But my thing is that everybody, like I said before, everybody gets a baseline level of respect. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I make my decision accordingly from there, whether or not you're somebody that's either down with me or understands where I'm coming from. And even if you don't, I respect your opinion. But at the same time, this is where I stand. And this is where people that look like me stand. And don't question me about like, oh, well, well, this or that, oh, what, well, what about this? It's like, no, this is, this is what it is. It's too many excuses being made for, for this and that and people looking for loopholes and all the things like that. I'm just talking about being a decent human being. And being a decent human being means that, oh, just going in, I know that there's a difference. So if you're really interested in learning, that's not something that anybody has to tell you. 
You know, honestly, it really just isn't anything that somebody should have to tell you. And if I have to guide you through a process, well, then you know what? Then you're probably really not that person because it's about humanity. Like see people as humans first. You know, you want to be treated fairly. You would want your child, if your child was playing for me as a black coach and you're a white family, you're going to want me to treat your child decent. You're not going to want me to show favoritism towards one group or the other. You're expecting me to be his coach. And being his coach means that I also get to know him on a personal level. Because I, if I'm just coaching you, then, you know, that's really like, as Joe Ehrman says, that's transactional. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about transformational stuff here, which means that I care about you as a person. You know, that's why this stuff matters to me. Not because of what's going on in the world right now. You know. Now that I have to pay attention, no, this has already been here. Like, 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 like this isn't new stuff. It's just that more people because of COVID and being in the house, people are paying attention. And if we don't take advantage of this moment and, and weed out those bad apples right now, then we're just repeating the cycle. Why give him another five or six years to destroy more people? No, because these kids are walking away from that experience. You're thinking everything's good. Oh, we won a Big Ten championship. And if nobody feels good about that, (laughs) you know, it it doesn't matter. So, you know, just like I said, just be a decent human being. And no, I don't think that there is like a gauge of when you decide to like, if you already have past discretions, then like that's who you are. Like, Like one time, okay, you apologize. Two times, okay, you apologize again. Three times, okay all right, this is just who you are, you know, and and something has to be done. And I don't know, people don't think that that's fair. But at the same time, it's like you can't keep people in your program that don't share the same ideas that you do, that don't believe in the same things that you do. We tell our players that all the time. Like, if you don't buy into what we're talking about, then this isn't the place for you. We say it all the time, you know. so. Same goes for coaches who aren't doing right. Okay. Well, I, I appreciate your thoughts on it. Like I said, I, I got engaged in a couple of conversations with that over the course of the week, and, and that was the question, was this, so we're generating all this awareness and an uneasiness about, well, I, there, there may have been things along the way I've said and I've done, or those things that come up and bite me in the butt. And I think most of us are what you're talking about. We're, we've got positive intentions, trying to do the same things, might be going about it the wrong way. And we're learning more about that. And okay, I have to do that differently or I have to incorporate things differently now because now I know. So I, I just wanted your guys' thoughts. Appreciate that. And now we can jump into where we left off last time. <laughs> All right, this coach and Terrence, this is, uh, this is for both of you. Um, maybe coach start off and then we'll go to Terrence this time. We'll switch it up a little bit. But what role do you feel or, you, or do you see athletics playing in this movement for social change? I see athletics being being a key component to all this uh, because we have a multicultural platform already, you know? So if we're going to have this dialogue, you know, sports is a great place to have it. Sports brings together all kinds of people, you know, but let's, let's use this moment now to bring people together, but we're not talking about sports right now. We're talking about where people are really at, you know, as a person, as a human being. And it takes a lot you know, for people to get to that place. And I understand that 
things are different. If you grow up in an environment where you don't see black faces, you know, often, you know, and, and the only image you have of that person is what's being fed to you through the media, you know, and things like that. So it's kind of hard for me to expect somebody to understand things when they haven't been exposed to it. So cool. When you go off to college, <laughs> you have an opportunity to meet different types of people. But if you stay in your corner with your folks and don't try to meet multiple uh, different types of people and understand where they're coming from, you know, we eat all kinds of food all the time. You know, we go to, we go to Mexican restaurants. But we never talk to, to Mexican people. You know, we go to Chinese food restaurants and we don't ever really talk to Asian people. You know, it, it, it's like we have to start this dialogue. And I think that sports is a great place to start. Sports and entertainment, that's the stuff that brings people together. All under the same roof, all in, this, all in the same gym, all at the same field at the same time. Rooting for the same team, <laughs> wanting the same outcome. So we can root for each other and want the same outcome in terms of making things better. So this is an ideal platform for this dialogue. And, I th and I'm grateful that sports exist. Yeah. Because at least we do have, you know, an example of bringing people together. Mm -hmm. Like, look at how many people came together when Kobe Bryant died. Yeah. You know, all kinds of people. People didn't even know Kobe Bryant. You know what I mean? We know him as, a, as an athlete and we, and we respected what he did. But, you know, but through that, through the conversations and, and all the memorials and all this, we started to learn more about Kobe. You know, what Kobe was really like behind the scenes, off the court, what he was really getting into, you know? So you found out more about the man as a result. So it's like, okay, let's use this opportunity. Let's not, you know, dibble and dabble and stuff that's not important right now. Let's just stay focused and, and talk about the real issues and how we can make things better for real reform. And like I say all the time, Start at your own school in your school community. Like the bigger picture will take care of itself or it won't. You know, we don't really have a state. We don't have a hand in that. But we can control our environment. And I, that's all I want people to do is to make sure that all players, white, black, whoever, are being treated fairly by whomever their coach is. And coaches really getting to know them and their families and really understand some of the obstacles that might be preventing this young man from being his best on the field, you know? That's how you know when you have those relationships, you're like, okay, he can come talk to you. He's gonna come and be like, coach, check this out. Listen, something's going on at home. That's why I've been kind of like out of it a little bit. But if he doesn't feel comfortable or feel like he can come to you like that, then that's a problem. And that's what I'm talking about. Being able to talk about real stuff that really impacts young people's lives. Thank you, coach. Terrence, how about you? Yep, and, and and I agree. Coach, coach hit it hit it right on the head. Is sports is one of the very few occasions that brings so many people of of such diverse backgrounds together. You know, it's it's not every day you can have somebody who's got you know the same jersey on, fan or or player, and have them look at each other and high five for the for the concept of something good that happened with their team. You know, on the field, on the court, whatever. But sports is that platform, and you know just. Just already, I mean, look look at what what sports does for our community. It inspires youth. It, it shows us, you know, what what can happen as a society, even if we all come together, you know, as one whole to uh, try to achieve a, a common goal. Um, and, and it's it's been that way for forever. And sports and and almost every household 
there's some some form of sports, whether the whole household is into sports or not. You know, it's on the TV. It's dad. It's mom. You know, it's little brother. It's on the radio. It's on your Apple Watch, your smartphone, whatever. There's always a notification. Oh, boop. Oh, LeBron said this. Oh, boop. Oh, <laughs> said this. You know, I see it all the time. So and, and it's just entangled everybody. I, I don't see something. I guess somebody says, hey, did you see? Did you see what happened in, in, in basketball today? You see who said this? Today? Oh, no, I didn't see it. But guess what? I know about it now. Why? Because you saw it. Right. And that's the main reaction that happens all the way through, especially with sports. Sports is one of the biggest platforms to do that. So, um, you know, to Coach's point, you know, it's just it's just got to be, you know, on that on that level of coaches, you know, coming through. If you know what's going on with your players, you know, things like that, you're going to get the best out of that player. Like I said last week, you know, it. If I if I run for 250 yards, score three touchdowns, you don't know that you don't know that I did that because of my friend died. But if you're a coach that does know that, that's gonna happen. I'm gonna have that game. I'm I'm gonna cry it out after that, yep. and I'm ready to go again next week because I know my coach has my back at that point. I know he has me. I know I'm not alone in the situation. I know that you know he cares. And then that's going even further for you know the other players on my team who don't look like me. They know too. We're all we're all one machine. They're gonna they're gonna have my back. Every time I cry when I run into the end zone and I look up to the sky, they're gonna pat me on the back and say he's watching, you yeah. know, etc. She's watching, whatever. They're they're gonna do that because they know. So, uh, just sports, athletics overall, that that whole platform is is huge. And if we use it the way we should use it, mm-hmm. especially for social change, yeah. we can get things done. Yeah. Thank you. So you you guys have already touched on this a little bit, but you know we're doing some things well. We're, you know, sport has been, you know, it's a great platform for us to make change, but where are we missing the mark? Where are we missing some opportunities to lead in this effort through the platform of athletics and sport? Well, I think that um, we think, well, a lot of coaches, I'm not even going to say people. Yeah. Coaches coach a sport and, and they get caught up in the, in the sport. You know, and and we're all guilty of that at one for one at one point or another. You know, because bottom line is we coach, we want our team to win. So sometimes we put more focus on that win as opposed to winning souls. I should say. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like people are already bought in. You know, because they're on the team. Yeah. You know, but when you use that opportunity and say, you know what, guys. You know, I've really been thinking about this. And you know what? Um, there's a book that I think we all should read together. Um, and you introduce that. And you take a time to create that book club. You know, mm-hmm. each position group coach can take their group and read together. Then that's one level of dialogue. Then you come back as a whole team and you talk about what was discussed in the smaller groups based on, you know, the couple of chapters that you read out of the book, you know. And then, you know, the next couple of chapters, you do repeat the same thing. So it's just like taking an hour or so to talk about stuff that's actually really important. The things that we miss are those moments. That right there, create an atmosphere where when something does happen, that players can come and say, like, coach, you know, I think this is something we really need to talk about as a team. You know, I heard, you know, a couple of people in the hallway not football players or whatever, but a couple of students, you know, I heard them over, overheard them using the N word, for example, you know, that's something I would like to discuss with the team because we can use 
our influence and really say, you know what? We're not going to talk like that about people. That's not what we do here. You know, that's not what we do here. Now, when you hear from the most influential people in the building, a positive message about others all the time, then they're going to care about other people too. You know, but those are the things that we're missing. We can't just have athletes for athletes sake because everybody's going to be a professional at something. And it's not going to be football, basketball, or baseball. So what is my, how has my experience in high school prepared me to deal with other people, yeah. to, to respect other people, to, to, res, to have that little bit of gratitude and be thankful for the things that people that don't look like me could have possibly done for me? Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's what we have to do. We have to appreciate people. Yeah. That's what it really boils down to more than just them being athletes for us. We have to appreciate them as people first. Thank you, coach. That's perfect. That's that transformation versus transaction. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Thank you. Terrence, how about you? Yeah, um, and, and, and even just not only appreciate, you know, appreciating people, but also, you know, making people feel like, especially in sports, you know, making, making your players feel like they're in a safe space to speak up. You know, because I've seen, you know, firsthand of people who might have opinions, people who might have struggles, you know, players who might feel some type of way on a team, but they're scared to say it because they're not the captain. You know, they're they're not they're not the the most producing player at their position group, you know, so they don't they never speak up. But, But I think, you know, if we create those atmospheres, not only as a team, but to coach's point too, position group wise, that, you know, everybody feels like, you know, I can go speak up. I can go talk to this person or that person, whether they look like me or not, because we share this common bond of sport. Um, then, then, you know, you, you have that, that atmosphere that, that you're, that you, you're looking for ultimately, but it's just a matter of, you know, to coach's point, a book study can be one thing, but even, even just more so than that. I mean, every time you start a new job, you join a team, you know, I, cause at the, at, at the college level, one of the first things we did was we, we split up into position groups, right? So let's say we got eight guys in a linebacker group and we, you know, the first day it's everybody stand up, introduce yourself, tell us about you a little bit, tell us something you, we wouldn't know just by looking at you, right? We do that that night. Okay. We found out Terrence likes, you know, Marvel, whatever. Okay, great. Awesome. That's the only time we do something like that. And we never go any deeper than that surface. And still, I feel like that's a basic question. I'm going to come up with something cheesy on the fly. Sure, I like that, whatever, you know it, but you still don't know me, you know? So when do we when do we take that even a step further? Because every other position group meeting after that is only solely based around the sport. Yeah. So when 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 do we stop that? When do we when do we even put a pause there and say, "Okay, hey fellas, you know, I'm pairing you up this week." You know, eat you know, each week the pairs switch, but this week before we start any film, before we look at any sports stuff, we're going to talk about what you learn about your partner. What do you, what you learn about their culture, their background, whatever, you know, what are some things that you have in common? What are some things that you disagreed on? And how do you, you know, what's, what's your vision on those things now? You know, we don't, we don't do that enough. Yep. Like I said, you know, and I know that firsthand is, yep. you know, I've been, I've been in a position group meeting and that first day is great. We're breaking the ice, Yep. but that's it. We yeah. broke we broke a piece of the ice, but the lake's still frozen. <laughs> you know, we, we, we didn't do anything yet. So what, what what else is there? And and even then, you know, naturally, you know, players who I've already played with or something, we've we've been able to take that a step further. So maybe I do have one linebacker or two 
who I bond with on a deeper level. Yeah. But why couldn't that be the whole group? Yeah. And it could be, you know, it could be if we create that space and we, we push those type of relationships for us to bond with those who don't look like us or don't come from a similar background, whether they look like us or not. But we don't do that enough. Absolutely. That's one, of the, that's one of the reasons why we did uh, libations after practice. Mm -hmm. uh, it takes time to get through it. Yep. But we also allocate that time because we know it takes time to get yeah. through it. So even if that means, you know what, I could probably squeeze in another 15, 20 minutes of this. But I know that this circle that we're about to do is going to take longer so you know what? I'm going to not do this extra 15 minutes or whatever. And we're going to make sure that we have enough time so that everybody feels like their voice is heard. Yeah. And I also tell them that your voice is important. Yeah. It's, not, it's not so much me trying to get them to talk. Your voice is important. I need to hear from you. Yeah. I need to know what's important to you. Then I know how to coach you better. Because mm -hmm. everybody is not on the team for the same reason. Yep. But we assume that they are all the time. And we know that that's not the case. You know, there's a kid who's just on the team just to be around the guys. Mm -hmm. There's a kid on the team just to be around the guys so he doesn't get bullied in school. Yep. There's a guy on the team who's just on the team because his father wants him to play. Yep. You know, he doesn't even like the sport. You know, he'd rather be playing pool or whatever else he's into. But no, he's playing because his father's making him play. You know what I mean? So if I understand that your father is making you do something that you don't want to do, but yet you show up every day to do it, I'm going to make it comfortable for you. I'm not going to make it uncomfortable for you. I'm not mm -hmm. going to talk about your dad to you to try to motivate you. That would be yeah. a mistake. Mm -hmm. But if I, if I don't know that about your dad, then I'm going to make that mistake, right? Mm -hmm. And then I'm getting nothing out of you. I'm wondering why you're moping at practice, why you're not motivated, why you're not doing all these things. But if I know that your dad is making you play, I can pull you aside every single time and be like, listen, I understand that this is not what you want to be doing. I get it, you know, but just think about the other benefit you're getting. Forget your dad right now. Look at all the other benefits you're getting out of this situation by being a member of this team. You have a voice on this team. We hear your concerns on this team. We understand things that have happened in your life that have might have been traumatic for you. These are all things that you're not going to get other places. Yep. You are a valued member of this team. Whether your dad is making you do this or not, whether you're here just because you want to be a member of the team, just to, just to have some friends. Some people join just to have friends, you know, things like that. So when they walk through the hallway, you know, especially when you're a freshman, you're joining the team because, you know, now you got the varsity guys looking out for you. Mm -hmm. You know, that changes your status in the building right there. Because when dudes walk down the hallway, you know, you're practicing together for the most part. And then, you know, you break up into your teams. But, hey, you know, if, if Terrace was to walk down the hallway as a senior stud linebacker, you know, being recruited by, by schools and everything like that, and he's talking to the freshmen. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? You know, how's everything? Oh, everything good? Okay. Other people know. Don't mess with that kid because <laughs> he knows him. Yeah. It, it's, it's as simple as that. And yeah. we have to use these things like that. So for me, that's why I did some of the things in my program, not because I'm some like 
guru or anything like that. I'm just a person who gives a dog on, you know? And I know what my experience was like growing up in Boston. So I know that yours is similar. Mm-hmm. So I would be a fool to ignore that. How can I ignore the fact that, yes, when you come to practice sometimes, I understand that it's kind of treacherous sometimes. I understand the walk that you walk. You know, I get it. You see a lot of things that you shouldn't see, you know? And I want you to know that everything that you respond to in terms of trauma is normal. Mm-hmm. This is a normal response to an abnormal set of circumstances. And never let make them feel any other way. Because that's what it is. If your friend has been murdered, that doesn't happen every day. That's an abnormal set of circumstances. So I get it when you tell me that you can't sleep. I understand that. Mm-hmm. I've experienced that myself. I lost friends. I get it. You know, I had a friend who was murdered by the police. I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been there, done that. So... Knowing that experience helps me prepare them and guide them through the experience. Yeah. Like, you're going to be okay. Like, I wasn't always the Byron Beeman that you see today. Mm-hmm. I had struggles. I had challenges just like you. Mm-hmm. And I'm aware of that because I went to the same school system that you attend. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing has changed. The corners that you walk down, the bus that you ride, I've ridden that same bus. Mm-hmm. I understand that journey. I get it. So for me, it was about making sure that they felt emotionally safe and safe, period. Like, this is not the environment for the foolishness. If you want to be about that life, I tell every kid when they come on my team, whether you have one foot in the street, you need to get that foot on this side of the fence right now. Because if not, you're jeopardizing the safety of everybody. Because that's not what we're about. If you want to play those games out there, the choice is yours. But if you want to be here, you got to decide, brother, because we're not ducking bullets for you. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. We're not doing that. You need to be real with me, upfront with me, and I will help you do whatever I can to get you out of the situation. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like I don't know the older people that are guiding you. I probably know somebody who knows them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, these are conversations. It's not confrontation. It's conversations. Yeah. Like, nothing's going to end with anybody getting hurt. But... At the same time, if I know, I can help. If I don't know, then it hurts all of us. Yep. And to that point, Coach, is is just you know, like you said, you could you could talk to a kid about about his father passing away, but if you yelled at him about it, then right. that kid's going downhill. You know, maybe that kid won't be at practice tomorrow. You know, he won't be there because he's he's absolutely done with it now. And maybe you know he he does something else that is you know kind of takes his life on a path that no none of us would want to see. You know, but then too, you know, taking the time to actually have those conversations and, and, and build those relationships. You know, you get a lot of coaches who at, at some point, you know, they like like you said last week, coach, they they have, you know, a set date by the book. We should have these four schemes in by this time. <laughs> but for whatever reason, the team just isn't getting it. They're not they're they're messing around on the field. It's not going well. We got too many fights. They're arguing. They're not they're not into it. But to have those conversations and you build that that environment and those relationships, not only with your players, but amongst your players, you can have four schemes in, they're ready to do five and six, you know, and, and two weeks shorter than the time that you thought you were going to have that in because they're, they're a well-oiled machine. They get it. They're out there together. You know, they're not spending time picking on each other, running each other over because they don't know each other because mm-hmm. they don't know each other. So they're not spending that time anymore because now they know. 
they're not going to crack certain jokes because they, they they know what's going on. They know what, what, what would be nice and what would be not. They know what would push this kid on scout team to give them a better look than to just, you know, run them over and ain't nobody getting on out of practice because nobody's producing. So I, I absolutely agree. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. Good stuff. So, Coach, um, you kind of, you've mentioned a couple times, and I hope I've got this right. I believe I saw something on your Twitter feed about – you talk about restorative circles. Is that the right name for them? Is that what you've used for them? Yeah. So it sounds like you've kind of gotten into those where you're using this time in your practice where you're going to circle up and you're going you're gonna to have these types of conversations or bring up current issues. But can you talk about those a bit and maybe more so – how did your players react to when you got started and how they developed and what have they developed into for your players and using those? Well, um, like I said, I'm the director of Sankofa at my school. So uh, thinking about those principles and seeing how they could be applied to any environment, you know, it's not just a classroom setting or anything like that uh, because it was kind of like outside of the box because no one was ever using Sankofa in this way. Even the people that, that trained me, you know, and that showed me the ropes. When I told them that what I was doing, they were like, they're like, really? Okay. <laughs> you know, how, how, how does that work? Okay, well, you talk about there, there's, there's seven C's of, of saying Kofa, right? And that's basically the basis of what we're doing. You know, uh, one is wish, one is consciousness, one is character, one is caring, one is connectedness, um, one is courage. Um, forgetting them off the top of my head right now, but that's like the premise of what we talk about. And then you break down each one and we spend time talking about what is character? You know, what is that? What does that mean? What does that mean to you? You know, I know what it means for me, but what does it mean to you? You know, and you start hearing young people's voices. You just start talking first, you know, about things that are relevant to them, respecting where they come from. You know, like, listen, I heard about whatever last night that happened in the neighborhood. Was anybody affected by that? Did anybody know that person? Did anybody know that person through somebody else? Did hearing about that bring up stuff in your life that was traumatic for you, you know? And that's when guys are like, you know what? Yeah, when I heard about that, you know, I immediately thought about my friend, that guy that got murdered, you know? Cool, because you know what? When I hear that, the same thing happens for me. It's like all these faces and places flash through my eyes like through my brain and I'm just like, oh shoot, like this experience is bringing back my experience. I was a 16 year old kid again, you know, 17 year old kid again, just in that moment, you know, and feeling that pain. Now I know what that pain feels like. And I know that you want to go do stuff and I know what's inside of you. You just want to go do stuff. But what is that going to do? Is that bringing the person back? Is that respecting that your friend's legacy because you're now sitting in jail for life? Would they want that for you? No, they wouldn't. You know, and it's just making them think about things on a deeper level and understanding that, oh, this dude gets it. He understands my pain. He understands what I'm going through. You know, now everybody doesn't share that same experience and you don't have to, but everybody has gone through something traumatic in their life. And that experience is trauma, traumatic, something traumatic happening to you is traumatic happening to you. Whether you're in a car accident, you know, maybe you don't drive anymore as a result of the car accident because you're still traumatized by that, you know? So we all have something that we can share and bring to the table. Now, what I do is on Thursdays, 
we would have team dinner together and also hand out uniforms. So, okay, everybody wants their uniform and everybody wants to eat. So before we do all of that, we're going to sit in a circle. we come up with some prompts. You know, sometimes you only, you know, you have seven or eight prompts, but you know that, you know, you might not even get through all of those in that particular setting because, you know, dialogue starts happening, people start talking, you know, and to keep order, you have a talking piece. So when you have the talking piece, you talk. When you don't have it, you're an active listener. You're listening and participating with your ears. And if you want to say something, then just throw up your hands and we can get the talking piece to you and you can add whatever you need to add. But nobody just blurts out. There's an order to it, you know, uh, and then it just goes around. You know what I mean? And one of the first prompts is like, how's everybody doing? You know, and when I say how you doing, I'm not talking about fine. How are you doing? Like, like really what's going on with you? How was school today? You know, and that's when the dialogue starts right, right there. And then we just keep it going around. And once you establish that culture in your program, the kids start asking you for, about it. Coach, we, we go in circle today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I got some stuff on my mind, man. I need to get that stuff, you know. I'm glad we're we going to talk today. You know, when practice starts, they're, they're always like, Coach, we're going to do libations at the end of practice? You know, yes, we are. That's part of our practice now. That's what we do, you know. So at the end of it all, it's having people – and libations, be grateful for things. What are you grateful for? You know, who has helped you along the way? You know, you know, I want to pay honor and tribute to my grandmother. My grandmother came here from, from Cape Verde, you know, 20 years ago, you know, and, and had it real hard here. And I'm just grateful that, that she put me in the opportunity of my family an opportunity for me to be better. You know, those are the kinds of things that kids start saying, not because I want them to say it, because this is coming from them. If they don't want to talk, they don't have to. They can pass, but then we're going to come back around because maybe you're not ready. Maybe you haven't thought about it, you know, in that moment. But everybody's voice is important. So that's why when guys are talking, I'm always like, speak up. Your voice is important because nobody ever asked to hear their voice. Never. It is very rare that people come in and want to talk to young men of color about them. Like, honestly, about them. It's always they want to talk about something but not about them. It's like, oh, let's talk about the shooting that happened. Um, well, what about me in that? Maybe I'm not even prepared to even talk about something like that, you know? But people just come and they write books about the community without even talking to most of the community, and they make these blanket statements about people that you haven't even talked to, you know? As I said last week, most of the people that I know want the same things for their children as everybody else does. You know, but if you don't talk to them and find that out, you make a lot of assumptions just because a kid's living in the projects and maybe his family's on public assistance doesn't mean that they don't want better. That's just the best they can do right now. And I have to respect that, you know, and not talk about these lofty ideas about like what you could have. You know, I understand where you're at, but check this out. Getting a college education can change things, you know because there's an education in everything. Hell, listen, you had to learn how to ride a bike. (laughs) You had to learn how to talk, you had to learn how to walk. So that means that I know that you're not opposed to learning. It's just what's being taught and how it's being taught. So that's what's really going on. So for me, I do these restorative circles, one, because I know about restorative justice. So there's a place for it. There's a place to have these deeper conversations about anything. 
if you sit kids down and create the environment and the atmosphere, if you care, they're going to care. I mean, that's just the truth. You know, if I didn't care, they wouldn't care about it. They knew that it was important to me too. Number one, it's therapeutic for me. You know, I get to talk about stuff that went on with me when I was your age, you know, openly and as honest as I can be without re-traumatizing somebody or saying something that could be potentially dangerous for them. You know, I'm not mincing words or anything like that, but I'm careful about the things that I say because I know that that has an impact on people, you know, because my voice matters. Now their voice matters too. So our voices together really matter. So that's really it. So that's coach. I love those. I love what you're sharing with that. Um, so thanks for sharing that. Cause I think there's a lot of folks can listen to that and, and pick up on that. Terrence, um, from the student athlete perspective, are, have you been in the teams you've been on things similar to that? Maybe not called restorative circles, but just, um, or if not, just listen to that talk from a student athlete perspective, what, what, what would opportunities like a restorative circle and those types of conversations provide for you from your, your perspective as a student athlete, the benefits? Yeah, I, so, so I don't think we ever had, you know, a full, full 360 circle with the entire team in that way. I will say though, that over my time, I have had coaches who, you know, took that upon themselves to, you know, find out more about me. Um, and in doing so, you know, you know, it became, you know, hey, Terrence, I know I know you're catching a bus to school today. You want me to get you right out of practice? You good? You, what's up? You know, things like that. Or even just saying, you know, I'll give an example. When I was a sophomore, you know, even at Kennedy, um, you know, I had just, just been moved up to play varsity ball. And at that point, you know, I'm the young guy with a lot of the older guys. I was, you know, playing a position who was – which was once held by a senior who, you know – I got the opportunity to get in the game, a big game too, and, and play, you know, amongst all these other guys. And, and there was a point in the game where, you know, I made a mistake. Um, but I had also, you know, I was dealing with some family stuff beforehand, which coach Ty at that point, um, you know, he knew that he, he, he wasn't, he was an advocate for making sure I was all right. And he'd always say, you know, if you need to talk, you let me know. Um, and, you know, in that game, there was other coaches who, when I made that mistake at a critical point in the game, they was like, he's not ready. Pull him. Take him out of there. You know, he's done. Get him out of there. And Coach Ty's response is one I'll never forget. He, he said, no, he's fine. Leave him in. He's going to be okay. And he pulled me to the side and he said, how you doing? You okay? I say, yeah, Coach, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, immediately, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know, I know that I messed up. I know that. And I'm sorry. But, but I also want to win. That's part. I, I'm here because I want to prove that I can play, too. Right. And, and he said, I know, he said, it's all right. You know, you're all good. He said, just let me know. What's up. You need to talk about something now. Are you good? I said, no, coach, I'm good. He said, all right, well, let's go in there. Next play. I do what I'm, I do. I do it right. We score a touchdown, you know, and we ended up going on to win that game. And so, you know, just, just that relationship, that, that example right there was one that I, I needed. And that could have gone differently. It could have gone as pull them, sit them on the side, put him back down with the sophomore team, you know, next week, whatever, he's not ready. But it didn't go that way. And because it didn't go that way, I never went back down to the sophomore team. From then on, I played with the varsity team the rest of my career. Um, and, you know, I, I've, I've had other coach. You know, Coach White was a, was a big coach like that for me. You know, over the summer, you know, I'm, I, like I said, my mom didn't have a car at that point. Coach White made it a point. He was picking me up at 530 in the morning to take me to the stadium. 
he, he knew what things I was dealing with. And afterwards he say, Hey, you know, make sure, make sure you getting some fluids, make sure you're doing this. I know, I know what you got going on. He knew I, he knew I had to go to work in the afternoon when I was done, you know, with football practice that morning, then basketball after he said, make sure you still get in your fluids. I'll be there to pick you up, whatever you need me to call you. You know, he's, he's taking time and making sure that, you know, he's stepping in and, and altering his schedule to make sure that, you know, I'm okay too. And I'm, I'm still meeting mine. And, and, and granted common goal. Yeah. I played for his team, but you know, I didn't feel like he was doing that for, for me to come produce on the football team, football field. No, he knew, he knew I could produce, but he did that because he cared. Mm -hmm. You know, even now I look at both of those examples and those are two guys who still reach out to me now, you know, make sure I'm okay. I feel comfortable calling them right now. If I had, you know, some kind of problem that I felt like they could help me with. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a coach that looks like me and a coach that doesn't look like me, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. But ever too often that that doesn't happen for a lot of other players. So for me, I'm fortunate in that case, but, and then that's not what all my coaches, you know, those are, those are just a couple examples out of, you know, the many coaches I've had over my time. But, you know, if that, just think about what that could do full circle, you know, full Mm -hmm. circle, not with just me, not with just one kid, not with just six, but all coaches, all players on one team. I can only imagine how that team's going to perform and and how hard that team's going to be to beat talent or no talent, mediocre talent, mediocre talent with, with a whale oil machine, a, a great leader can, can beat any type of talented team without a great leader any day. And so, yeah, I, that's my, that's my examples there. Eliminate the barriers, man. <clears throat> that's all you got to do. Yep. Eliminate the barriers. When you know about the barriers, you eliminate them. You know, I want you, I, I understand your situation. You are a big, important part of this team. And this is for the player who, who's not the star player on the team. Anyone on the team, eliminate the barriers. Coach, you know, I got to pick my, my, my sister, my little brother up from the bus stop. Okay, go get them and bring them to practice. No problem. <laughs> I got you. I hear you. You know, you got stuff that you got to do. If your mom will allow them to be at practice, cool. If you can't make it that day, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Like, like, like your family at home is your family. Like, like we're just an extension of that, you know? And if we can't take care of you and support you when we need to take care of you, then it would be wrong of me to request stuff from you that I'm not willing to give up myself. So you go take care of your little brother and sister today. You do your thing, you know? Okay. So that if that means that we have to go offense today as opposed to doing defense today, cool. Hey, coach, check this out. Um, so-and-so is not going to be here today. So-and-so has a job interview. So I think it's probably better if we just focus on defense today and then we do offense tomorrow when everybody's here. You know, it's a simple adjustment. You know, you, can, you have to be flexible. You know, and I think that there's just too much uh, – too many rigid areas, and that's what turns kids off. It, it's like, okay, I'm telling you what I have to do. I want to still play, but I'm telling you that on Tuesday, I got to work. Like, I have to work. There's nothing, no ifs, ands, buts about it. I have to work. Okay, what time do you have to be at work? What's your schedule? You know, let's, let me talk to your supervisor, and let the, I'll talk to them and let them know what time practice is. You know. What, what we really need you for. Because sometimes that boss doesn't believe that you have football practice. 
<laughs> you know, and you're just trying not to come to work that day. But if they hear from the coach that, listen, okay, I understand he has to work. Cool. Um, can he work from this time to this time? You know, are you willing to let him come to come to work at this time? Okay, yeah, coach, you know, no, no problem, you know. Um, can he pick up extra hours on Sunday? You know, things like that. Anything to help the person still participate and be a part of something that they want to do without me being like a dictator. Like, oh, if you're not here, you can't play. If you're not here, you can't do this. I understand these kids' lives. You know, a lot of these families that I was dealing with were immigrant families. They didn't care about football. The child wanted to play football, but their family's like, that's not even my home country sport. I don't care. You know, you play an American football. Like, who cares about that? You know? So you got to work. Or you need to be here to take care of your little brother and sister. Or, you know, sometimes it's just you're the man of the house. Fairly or unfairly. But I talk to them about that. I don't shy away from it. I know some of you are the man of your house. And you're put into a role and trying to play a position that you shouldn't have to play. I get that. I understand that. So if I can help you become a better young man, then you're going to be able to play that role in your household a little bit better. Right now, your mom is just looking at you as being the oldest. So that's why. She's not understanding that being the oldest means that I also have a life too. These children are not mine. But at the same time, they're my little brother and sister and I care about them and I want to help you out too. So I'm going to do what I have to do. So it's either I'm flexible or I don't have a team. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you say that coach. And I'm just, uh, there's just so many times and I'm, and I'm as guilty of this as anybody have been over the years as anybody. Uh, um, and, and, and getting smarter and learning more as I get older, I hope. Um, but how many times I, I think back of, uh, in the name of discipline and focus and of uh, um, sacrifice for the team, we demand, put everything else aside and do, 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 uh, and, and we, the rigidity of that. And we, and like I said, we like to disguise as being disciplined and being focused on the team first and all that stuff. And how many kids do we force into making a decision. And that decision is my family and the job to help pay the bills. Absolutely. And, and we lose them and the opportunity to influence them. So I look good. I appreciate that perspective. Thank you very much. That kind of takes us right into the next question. And uh, Terrence, you, you hit on this. Those are two great examples of great men in your life that have helped you. And our goal here also is to talk about hiring the right coaches that will do that you know and so we're going to start with coach and then we'll terrence you you can uh, chime in as well because i want we want to hear your thoughts on this as student athlete but coach talk about the impact of hiring the right coaches and how to be sure that we're building the coaching staff that's going to be able to further the change that we want to create right now in our communities and in our nation no, I, I think uh, in the uh, hiring process, uh, there's some questions that can get to that. Um, you know, if you are looking at, say, a, a, a white coach who's coming in, maybe he, maybe he has or he hasn't coached players of color. Ask. <laughs> you know, and then follow that up with, okay, who was the head coach that you formerly worked for? 
I can get in contact with him to find out about you and how you built relationships or not with those players, mm-hmm. you know, because coming here, we do things a little bit different. And, and here are some of the things that we do. And you run off a list of things that you do. So if I, if I was hiring a coach to work for me, okay, well, um, on Mondays, yeah, we, we watch film, yep. but we also have book group. Uh, are you willing to, are you willing to lead a book group? Some coaches will say no and cool. Then you can't work it. It's as simple as that. You know, um, we also make sure that we are in contact with players, families, at least once a week. Are you willing to do that? (laughs) And if the answer is no, okay, well, I don't care how well you coach offense or defense. (laughs) <laughs> you can't even get to that if you're not willing to do these these small things. Mm-hmm. Um, are you willing to participate in, you know, in restorative circles? If they don't know what that is, I give them an explanation of what that is. Nah, that might be too touchy-feely for me. Okay, cool. Then they're not the right guy. I know so many people that I could have had help me, but I know that that's not what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I already knew that. Because when I told them what I was doing, they all looked at me like I was crazy. Like, what are you doing that for? Like, uh-huh. we, only, we only have so much time to practice, and you're taking practice time away to do this touchy-feely kind of stuff? Like, okay, so you know what? You're not the guy. But I found a guy. <laughs> you know, the guy, his name was Kevin Bowes, and he was white, who was willing to do the things necessary because he – also teaches in the Boston public school system. He understands it from that side of it as a teacher. So, okay, now as a coach, I'm just open. I want to coach kids. I want to get to know kids. I want to know who they are. You know, they can teach me things. You know, like he was a guy that also talked about with the kids about the importance of investing money and learning about the stock market and things like that. You know. He didn't have to bring that into it, but he did. You know, then we uh, eventually got a guy who was a finance guy. Like, this is what he does every day. You know, works for a big company here, like pretty high up. And he came in and was like, oh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this. We're going to just going to make sure these guys have a checking account. We're going to have to make sure they have a savings account. We're going to make sure we're going to bring in people to talk to them about how to set this up. It's not going to cost them any money to open it. You know, these guys don't need to be cashing their checks that they get from work at a check cashing place. No, they need to be putting their money in a bank and understand what that means, what it means to have, what credit means. You know, all of these things like that, because those things are important. Those were areas that weren't my area of expertise. So I was learning from my coaching staff about these things that became important to me. (laughs) You know, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm making money and I ain't putting no money nowhere. Wait a minute, hold up. Let's talk. <laughs> you know, I can make money and not have to do anything. Okay, explain this. So these are all like important things. Just ask these questions. Have you coached players of color? If you have it, cool. But how would you build a relationship with the person who doesn't look like you? How would you go about doing that? Step by step, tell me how that would happen. You know, and these are all questions that nobody's expecting in an in a athletic interview anyway. But these are all things that are important because they're not just coaching one type of person. You know, you need to know where they're at. And that's one of those things. I have some actual questions 
that I have written down, but I don't have them with me because I'm in a different location right now doing this. But I will gladly email these questions to you guys so that you have them. You know, yeah. I Coach, mean, it's, it's, email it's serious, serious business. We'll have them and then we can put them in our show notes too so people can okay. see those as well. Right, for sure. you know? what, I, what I hear you saying, Coach, is I just tell me if I'm right, right or wrong on this. I want to get right. People over product. Yep. You want to hire coaches on your staff that have the person first and then product. Yeah, you got to know how to coach. Right. But you want to make sure they want the peop- the person first. And like we said, transformational versus transactional. Absolutely. Absolutely. You hit it right on the head. Absolutely. Like, you could be the greatest defensive coordinator in the world. But if you're not making my guys feel good and helping them feel good about themselves and actually developing them as young men, you know, football and sports does that to a degree, but there's extra that you have to do to really like really make that happen. We compare sports to life all the time. You know, when you're down, as long as there's time left on the clock, as long as it's this, as long as it's that. Okay, well, you know, you got to put your money where your mouth is sometimes and actually show the people that, you know what, it's not just lip service that this is really a family environment and that, you know, you are an important piece of this. If you got to work, we get that. Cool. We'll see you tomorrow. You know, we're not mad at you for not being here. <laughs> you know, right. we understand what you have to do. Um, what, a, what a way to free up a kid. Yeah. I mean, just free them up to I mean, trust. You know, and, 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 and people get on board with it. Like, I had parents, like Haitian parents, I had to explain to them that we play football games on Saturdays. You know, I understand that your child goes to church on Saturdays. I'm not trying to be disrespectful of your religion or anything like that. And if you need him to be at church with you on Saturday, that's where he will be. But I'm just letting you know that coming onto this team, this is how the game is played. The games are played on Saturdays sometimes. Most of the time they're on Friday evenings, you know, but not always. So if there is an occasional Saturday game, you will have a schedule. We can talk about this. We can do whatever it needs to happen. You know, if it's an early Saturday, what time is church? Can he come after? You know, it's about working with people and making everything possible instead of making things impossible. Right. Terrence, I I can tell, I know you're passionate about this because of the stories that you shared as well. You've had coaches that have really touched you and helped you along the way um anything to add to that i mean we're talking about people over product what can we as ad's specifically you know we're hiring coaches what are we looking for yeah and i i I love this question for the fact that i I have some personal experience with this even At, at you know at co um in my four years there i had three different defensive coordinators okay and one of which was there for years and and retired and then the other two were, you know, we had one that we had to, I was on the, the player board for, you know, interviewing these different coaches. Um, and, you know, one ended up taking another job, you know, a year, a year afterwards, and we did it again for a new coach. Um, but it's important. I think in any of these situations, and, and we know this often, coaches, ADs, you know, when you're in a meeting, it's, it's, it's super professional. You know, everybody's shoulders are back. You know, you're asking all these tough questions, so to speak. That's great. But nobody, nobody knows who's going to be a real good coach for them better than the players, right? 
I mean, so, you know, to sit in a, a room, nobody else, us and the coaches, you know, us, us and the coach that day who was there for their interview, nobody else, not our coaches, none of them are in the room, none of that. It's just raw, you know, so you think about that. Coaches and ADs, you come into a meeting like that, you're prepared, all these questions, shirt and tie, you know what? Players come into a meeting like that, we got sweats on, we comfortable, we like, all right, well, let's see what you finna really present to us because we, we, can, we, can, we can scope out the BS from, from a mile away, you know? So it's just like going, going to a college and visiting a school. You know, they're going to tell you all the great things on the first day. They're going to have their best food out that day. Oh, it looks great. But when you get there, that's, that's not necessarily the case. It's a lot of things that they just put on a show for that day. So, you know, in, in that time, you know, there was, there was white coaches, you know, we were interviewing those black coaches too, you know, and, you know, at that time on that, on that player board, you know, I was maybe one of, you know, two or two or three other black players, you know, within that board and me being a captain of the team at that time too, I, I, I'd, I'd like to say that my opinion was, was highly valued at that moment. And, you know, it's, it's about being prepared. You know, I came into those meetings asking those tough questions. I don't, I don't care. Yeah, it sounds good that you're going to tell us we can run whatever defensive scheme we feel good. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's great. But how do you feel about this? You know, what do you do in this family situation? Those, you know, tough questions. Like if, you know, for I, I have a lot of situations where I, I had to arrive at practice late because I was working my internship and coach, coach Staker at that point, you know, knew that and was like, that's all good. And he didn't punish me for it. He knew that that's what I had to do because I have a future beyond football, you know, um, and, and even, you know, those coaches now, you know, you go through that, you have a, a, a black student, a black player, you know, interviewing all these different coaches. And yeah, there's a black coach up there to interview too, but guess what? He wasn't the coach for us. And I knew he wasn't the coach for us. I didn't, I didn't care that he was black or white. Absolutely. I knew by, by the relationship that we could build in that 45 minutes in that room that it was BS. He wasn't going to be a coach for us. I ain't no way I'm going to be able to play under that guy because he don't value the same things I value. You know, I, I don't care that, yeah, he, he's one of the culprits too. He said, we can run whatever we run. Oh, that's great. But we don't share the same values. We, we don't share the same eyesight on this. So, as players, we look up, I'm looking around at the rest of my teammates, like, how y'all feeling? And he walked out of the room. We all don't feel the same, you know? <laughs> So no, but, but, but the guys that, that we did choose. And, and even now, you know, I talk about this coach Bethke, who's defensive coordinator over at co right now, you know, we, we chose him as the guy at that point. And, and, and even looking at from, from that day in that room, we felt comfortable with him. We, we felt connected with him, family oriented guy. And even now, after I'm done playing, even now, after I'm done playing, I, I was, at, I was lifting weights with a couple of players of mine the other day at the gym and, and, one, one is a current player. He's going into his junior year, but he's been working out with us. Some of the older guys who have been through there now just trying to get better. And he had a Zoom call with the coaches that the players were going on. And co both Coach Staker and Coach Bethke, the one who we, we hired in, were both on that call early on when he got into the Zoom meeting on, from his cell phone. And, and he'd let them know, like, hey, yeah, I'm lifting with Terrence and so-and-so and -so right now. And they're like, oh, that, you know, that's great. But to have coaches like that, and this is what they said. They said, hey, Terrence. The kids have been asking about you. We're, we're going to need to have you over sometime again soon. Get us all back together. Why? Because during my time there, they cared enough to integrate me into their families too. You know, open it up so that they knew this is, this is my family and you're part of it as well. You know, to, to, to have those type of relationships, it's more than just a sport. It's more than just football. Don't show me that you care about me during just football. 
let's build a genuine relationship that you do with, in, 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 with any friend, with any family member, whatever. Let's build a relationship like that so that even though I played for you, we had great times. We did this. We did that. Might go on to play pros, whatever. But even outside of that, I know you're a great guy. You're a part of my family. I know I'm a part of your family. I trust you. You know, you're genuine. I know that everything that you did to me, everything that you did for me, everything that you said to me was because you care. You know, not not something fake, not not something just to get you a job that day. You know, you, you said it because you actually were interested in in learning out learning about us. And then and, and that's that's the big thing there. So I, you know, put them in front of the players and, and, and let the players literally rip them apart because because they will. We, we'll tell you, and, and, and listen, don't go off the, the scrap sheet. Yeah, every, resumes look good. That's, it's a resume. Uh, there are some that look bad, but, you know, most resumes are built up to look fancy and look nice. That's all great. But, but rip them apart. Put them, in a, put them in an uncomfortable situation. You know, have that relationship with your players beforehand that you go in and you say, look, fellas, this, this is somebody who's going to lead you guys. This is somebody who's going to be with you. You know, so – do whatever it takes. You know, find out what you need to find out in order to know if you you feel like this person fits that role or not. Let the players have that, you know, and then take what they give you and put it with with your notes and 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 make that decision. But don't don't put them in front of the players. You know, let the players give you feedback and you toss that just because you you and the rest of the coaching staff looking at the resume is like, well, this guy looked good on paper. Yeah, he looked good. Let's hire him. No, nope. he ain't about to do well. He going in a year, I guarantee, because we ain't gonna do well. So. <laughs> So, you know, let, let your players get in there and, and then just let them, let them rip it apart. That's great. Thank you, Terrence. I love your passion about that because I know that, that's been that's been true for you. Thank you. That's great. I'm going to take this sticky note right here. I'm going to write on it. Let Terrence be on every one of my few. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, no, that's good. No. Terrence now has a consulting business. Yes. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. We're moving into our two questions. We ask out. We ask all of our guests uh, when they're on the show with us. Um, the first one is is our if you could go back question. Now, Terrence, I'm going to start with you, and I got to be honest. Uh, asking you about what would you go tell a young Terrence when you're still a young Terrence? But I've always said this about you. As long as I've known you. Um, there are times I felt like you were a 40 year old walking around an 18 year old body. <laughs> you've got a maturity about you and you've learned a lot of things in a short amount of time. Um, so we'll start with you, but our question for you guys is this, if you, knowing what you know now, pick a point back in your career, back in your life, if you go back to that time and, and give yourself some advice based on what you know now, what advice would you give uh, a young Terrence? You know, personally with me, I would, I would, I would just tell myself, I mean, a couple things, but the big thing is to forgive, but not forget, you know, um, I, I just, I just look back and, and in a lot of pivotal points in my life, I, I went through them and dealt with them with interior anger. Um, and it led me to make some decisions that probably wasn't the best in the situation at that time. And, and even moving forward, I don't, I don't think it was until you know, maybe my junior year in college where I actually came full circle with this to myself. Cause I think if you would have asked me this, my freshman or sophomore year of college, this wouldn't have been my answer. But, but now it is because I realized of how much I missed out on within myself because I was, you know, angry and had a heart full of hatred 
toward, you know, situations or people, you know, and things are going to happen. You know, wrenches are going to get thrown in life and you can't control a lot of it, you know, and we always hear control what you can control. But even more than that, control your response to the situation, you know, control what you do after that, Um, because that's the biggest thing. And for me, it was, you know, when when I finally came full circle, you know, furthered my relationship with God, you know, in my case, and, and was able to really, really let go of that hatred that I had in my heart for those, you know, situations and people, I, I, I started to really find myself and develop more and more into, you know, the person I, I am today. And, and I love this me. I look back and, and that, not to say I didn't love that me, but I knew that me had some, had some problems that needed to get worked out that not everybody, you know, would know or at all because they don't know me or they only know what's on the surface. They knew I played football. They knew I was, yeah, I smile in your face, but you don't know that after I'm, I'm crying at night, you know, you don't know that. And so, you know, yeah, I, the, the, when I was able to really let that, that hatred and, and hurtfulness go um, and forgive, um, I started to really take strides in life. And I, I look at, you know, full circle from where I came from to now even, um, you know, having a job, being independent, you know, being able to help out my family, stuff like that. I could have went down a path that was much different if I didn't let that hate go. And don't get me wrong. I'm not perfect. Nowhere, nowhere near it. I'm still dealing with stuff on a daily now, still dealing with stuff as a man, still dealing with stuff, you know, professionally, still dealing with, you know, all, all kinds of things emotionally too, that a lot of us are afraid to, to come on air or say out loud to anybody, you know, but but I realize that that I have those struggles and, you know, I'm working on that. And, and I don't think I would be at this point if I didn't, you know, forgive, forgive in, in, in that case. Um, and you know, other than that, I just tell them like, look, man, you're going to have a lot of late nights, <laughs> but it's going to work out. Um, and, you know, because I think about those times and I feel like every we all get to those moments where we're like, yeah. I don't know what I'm about to do. I'm about to just give up. It, you know, it, every time you feel like you made a big accomplishment, it's something else. It's a new obstacle that's thrown in there. And you're like, well, I ain't really make no progress at all. But you did. But you did. You know, I, I, I'm a firm believer everything happens for a reason. But, you know, you, you, you learn from everything. You learn how to respond in those cases because I look toward the future of, you know, I've been able to have tough conversations with, the kids that I mentor or teammates or, you know, younger family members, you know, to, to tell them like, I understand because I've, I've been through it, you know, and since I've been through it, I can help you now. But if you, if you stay in this state of, of hatred or, or you're giving up right now after all this, you've been through all this, you've learned, think about this. Every, every, every one of us on this call, right? How many times have you said to yourself, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. It's over, but you're here today. Because you got through it. It wasn't over. It's not over. You know, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. But the mind is 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 a is a crazy thing. It's it's a man, greatest worker we have, especially in tough situations, because it never stops. It never stops. And and yeah, it's just, you know, it it's gonna be it, it gets hard, but but keep going because You'll get there. You'll make strides. I don't think we ever really stop that battle. You know, I don't think that battle ever ends, but you learn, you progress and you feel better in every other situation because you continue to progress. And then you take that and you pass it along to the next generation uh, or, 
you know, your kids, your friends, your family members who aren't there yet. You know, you help them along the way because you've you've been there. You know, you've opened yourself up to that and you recognize that, you know, that was a situation that you had to get through and you got through it and this is how you did it. And granted, it's going to be different for everybody, but that's why we need to talk more because there are different perspectives and there is different ways of doing things and, and, and multiple ways work. So let me know what you did to get through this situation so that I can try that. And if it doesn't work, okay, well, what did you do? You know, Hey, Aaron, what did you do? Todd, what did you do? And, and, and those are, those are the things that, that needs to happen. So I would just remind myself that and tell myself, Hey, keep going, man, keep going. Cause it, you know, it's going to be hard. It's going to get tough, but you're going to be okay. And you're going to get through it. Just keep going. So. Thank you, Terrence. All right. Thanks, Terrence. All right, Coach Beeman, if you could go back and talk to uh, a, a younger Byron, <laughs> based on what you've learned now, what, what would you share? Uh, RPO. <laughs> appreciate, appreciate the moments, you know. Uh, oftentimes in life, we get caught up checking off boxes. Um, you know, I accomplished this. I accomplished that. Okay, I did this. Okay, I did that. Next. All right. No, next, next thing. Next goal, next thing to accomplish, next thing to accomplish, okay. And you miss moments and you don't appreciate the journey that you've been on because you have never stopped to smell the roses <laughs> along the way. You know, it's like you could have accomplished some great things along the way, but you're so busy like, okay, well, I won one championship, now let me focus on two. And you forget to celebrate that moment. You know, and, and we and we we get that from coaches. You know, it's, it's like it's like, okay, well, we did that last year. Last year's done. Well, actually, we're still the reigning champs until somebody beats us this year. So, like, we still the champs. Like, like that wasn't just like for for that moment. Like, we're still state champs until somebody else plays on that field and wins it. So, why are you telling me to erase that? That doesn't make sense. I should celebrate that because that might propel me and energize me to want to win another one. But if you're telling me that like what I just accomplished didn't really matter or mean anything, we're on to the next, then how as a player am I supposed to adjust and understand that, you know, in those moments? So I would say appreciate the moments, you know, because I've checked off a lot of boxes. And as I think about my life sometimes, I'm always like, man, I ain't appreciate that enough. You know, like, okay. Getting inducted into a Hall of Fame, that's kind of a big deal. <laughs> but for me, it was like, okay, next. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's cool. Thank you. Smile for the camera. <laughs> cool, but no. And then I start, like, now I often catch myself thinking about small things that happened, you know, that, 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 made all the difference, you know? It's like these little small things that you don't even focus on. And you're like, wait a minute, I did that too. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, wow, I have done a lot of things, you know? And then when you start talking about it, you realize that, wow, I missed a lot of moments, man. Mm -hmm. You know, missed a lot of moments. And I would just say that, enjoy the ride, man. And, 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 and learn all you can, learn how to articulate yourself. Um, so that you're not responding out of anger and frustration. Learn how to use your words to express yourself. 
Um, because the only thing that you can control is how you respond to something. You can't control what people say to you, what mm -hmm. people do to you. The only thing you're in control of is your response. Yeah. Uh, so that's something that you learn over time, you know? So those are the things that I would say, you know, appreciate the moments, you know, enjoy those moments for as long as you can, you know, celebrate yourself as much as you can. Because if you don't feel good about you and celebrate you and you keep looking for a pat on the back from everybody else, you might not get it. So, you know, really, really start to love yourself first uh, and understand that you have value, you know, uh, and that it's not based on how many girls you have. It's not based on, you know, how many sports you play. It's not the kind of car you drive. It's the kind of person you are mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Because when, when it's all said and done, and someone's talking over you and you're in that box, hey, you want them to say great things about you. You know, you don't want anybody in that audience to be like, mm, I don't know. You know, you want them to be like, yeah, he was about that life. Everything he said he was about, he did. And you know what? That's why we all here, because he was, he, he was, that, he was that guy for us. You know, and don't be afraid to be different. That's it. Don't be afraid to be different. Different is cool, you know? Um, if we all look the same and all wore the same kind of clothes, all wore the same haircut, we'd look crazy, you know? And so right now it's just like express yourself however you need to express yourself, you know? Um, and that's that, you know, just be yourself as much as you can. Don't be a follower, you know, lead, lead, you know, but you have to learn how to do that, you know? And that means you have to learn how to follow a little bit first, but follow those people that are actually leading you in the right way. And then use that as an example for your leadership in the future. That, that's it. And that's all I was ever trying to be for my guys. You know, so that's it, really. Thanks, Coach. Okay, here's our second question. Coach, we'll start with you. What is your why? What gets you going? What, when you hit your feet in the morning, your feet hit the floor in the morning, why do you do what you do? Man, um, <laughs> my why is uh, – my daughter um, and making sure that she has a great example of what a man should be uh, in her life uh, and beyond. Uh, my why is making sure that the young men that I work with also feel the same way, you know, that I want what's best for you uh, and what's best for you may not necessarily be what I think is best for you. Mm -hmm. But if you have, if you can articulate to me <laughs> what's best for you, mm -hmm. I can support you yep. in that. You know, but if you don't have a plan, then it's hard for me to, to support something that I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I would definitely, that's, that's my why every single day, just trying to be the best person I can be. Um, and like I said, my daughter and the kids that I coach and work with, just making sure that I'm the real example of what a person in your life should be. Uh, whether I'm your coach, your big homie, <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever you, whatever you choose to call me is fine. You know, I don't have to be coach, you know, you know, you can call me big homie, you know, because uh, like a lot of the guys like coach me, you more like, I like uncle or like our, our cousin that, that like, you know, gives us that good advice and stuff like that. I'm like, well, I'm giving you the advice, man. Cause I learned a couple of things about a couple of things along the way, <laughs> you, you know, and it's like jewelry. It's like free jewels. You know, I'm not charging you for these diamonds that I'm giving you. Yep. You know, but but here you go. You know, here you go. You ain't got you ain't even got to weigh them. You ain't got to look for the clarity. <laughs> you know, it's the best diamond that you could possibly get. You know, 
Um, and, and that's it. So, you know, that's really it. That's, that's the why. Coach, thank you. I just want to say thank you. It's been awesome to have the opportunity to, to uh, have you on the show the last two times. And I appreciate you being here. Appreciate what you do for your kids every day at school. And I appreciate what you're doing just to, you know, promote, you know, what you do and how you do it. It's awesome. I really do appreciate you. So thank you. Thank you. How, how about you? Uh, what's, what gets you going? What's your why? Uh, so, I mean, I, I got a couple, but anybody who knows me knows that, you know, my number one fan in my life is my mom. Um, you know, through, through it all, uh, she's been by my side. I've been by hers. And, you know, ultimately I want her to know that her sacrifices, you know, our tough conversations, all that stuff that she did for me isn't in vain and it isn't for nothing. Um, and that she, you know, she did a good job and I don't think I could ever repay her for, you know, everything she's done for me and the sacrifices she's made, but at least I can show her that I get it. Yep. I appreciate them. And now I'm, I'm, I'm paving the way and doing the same, not only for you, but, but for, you know, others who come along in my path. Um, my next why is, and, and to Aaron's point earlier is I, you know, my family tells me this all the time too, is that I'm, I'm an old man in a, in a young boy's <laughs> body. But, um, you know, I, I think about a lot. I think a lot about my future family. You know, what, what type of man do I want to be defined as for them, um, to them? You know, how I want them to see me. Um, and I just want to be, you know, I want to be somebody they can be proud of. Somebody they can, they can look, look up to and say, you know, wow, that was a great person. You know, not, not only a great dad, not only a great brother, not only a great, you know, whatever, husband, but that was a great person. Mm-hmm because of who he was and what he did, you know, and, and take that and model that and, and pass that along and continue to change, continue to change because, you know, if, if, if there aren't good people in this world, there aren't people who do what we do. Um, then it, it, it goes downhill, you know? So if you got it, if you got that platform, you've got that influence, use it, use it in the positive way that, that you know, we're trying to, to continue that and continue to, you know, alert others that they can do the same yep. if they feel passionate enough about it. So those are my two. Yeah. Terrence, thank you. It's been an honor. What, and, and Aaron said it, you're wise beyond your years. And I know that will, that will play dividends for you in the future. And if you ever need anything, man, please reach out to me. And just for both of you, you know, I just, it's been awesome just to get to know you the last two weeks and to read about coach Beeman. Um, read about some of the great things that he's done. Um, I will stand beside you each and every day. So, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Really, I do. Uh, you know, it was it was a kind of a lonely existence, man. I'm not even gonna lie. You know, uh, when you're doing things that's kind of outside of the box, people are looking at you. You know, you go in coaching circles. You know, I tried to I tried to get. You know, I've been even submitted workshops to present at coaching clinics about this kind of stuff. And dudes are like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, we, we, no. Uh, you want to talk triple option? No, nah, I don't want to do that. You have people already talking about that. I want to talk about something else. Yep. You know, I want to talk about the triple option of life. Can we do that? <laughs> you know, it's great to have options, <laughs> you know, in life. You know, it's great to have options and having played in that offense, you know, decision-making was, was key, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's everything that 
was on the field was transferable to life. Um, and and, and it's, it's a real thing. But people don't really look at it that way. You know, yeah. you can run you can run a spread. Yeah. OK. What does that mean in terms of life? OK, well, the more distance you put between spaces, you know, creates a lane for you to get through. OK, just by alignment. <laughs> you yeah. know? OK, why do you think we have three foot splits? <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're trying to make you do something and invite you in <laughs> so that we can do what we want to do. You know, so I mean, it's, it's just like these things. And if you can talk to kids about life through sports and give these different analogies, you know, it's just like coaching the sport, man. You know, you coach football. I use baseball analogies all the time because mm -hmm. a kid might be more of a baseball guy than he is a football guy. But mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, man, nothing changes. You know how, like, you know, when you go to scoop up and, you know, you take your one hop and you're, you're hitting, trying to hit the cutoff, man? Well, I tell you what, it's similar. Check this out. I'm going to show you. <laughs> you know? And then they're like, oh, okay, I get it. All right. <laughs> I need you to, like, just, you know, double team here and then get up to the middle linebacker. Okay. What does that mean? You're a basketball guy, right? Okay. Yeah. It's like setting a screen. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know? So you just have to just mix and match as much as you can to, to get them to understand it. Uh, as we know, we had some guys who wrestled that were on the team. Okay, well, I don't need you to hold, but you know what? Here's what I need you to do. You know, it's the same idea. You know, you know, if you can pin that man, great. <laughs> you know? If not, just get in his way long enough for us to do what we need to do. And if he ain't got the, if he doesn't get through the hole fast enough, he won't be back there anymore. <laughs> it's as simple as that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you both very much. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I want to say, you know, thank you guys for, for having us. Um, and, you know, just moving forward, as I always say, you know, use me. If, if, if I can be an asset to you, whether that's talking to teams, groups of students, whatever, um, sports or no sports even, um, I'm happy to. Um, I love sharing my experience. Love talking about me if you want me to talk about me. Others <laughs> and their experiences, and let them know they're not alone in what they're going through too. But I'm I'm just always open to you know sharing the words that you know the Lord allows me to share with you guys. So I'm not I'm not far away. You got my contact. Um, I'll be giving so you both a call. Let me know. Calling you both. Right. You know. Um, yeah, man. I just want to say thank you guys for 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 allowing me to come on this platform and share. Uh, some of the things that we've done uh, and to just share like in general, like kind of where people are at uh, mm -hmm. in our, in our country uh, and, and just give a different perspective on things that that's it. You know, as the shirt says, you know, it's a, uh, it's progressive educational content, mm -hmm. but it's through hip hop. Yep. So, you know, we, I teach that too, you know, life through stuff that you already listened to that you ain't paying attention to. You're not, you're hearing the music. I want you to listen to yeah. them, yeah. you know, which is a complete different thing. And that also does what? Improves listening skills. You know, kids learn how to pay attention. I have them annotate lyrics, you know, which is improving. They got to have to annotate things in, in class. So it's like teaching other skills through a way that's more, that's something they're comfortable doing. You know, our kids debate all the time. Okay. They talk about who's the best rapper, who's the best Who's the best? Who has the best sneakers? Is it Jordans or is it is it Iversons? You know what I mean? So these debates happen. And the thing of it is, the level of intellect that they possess in those moments 
and then go into a classroom and have all that squandered because you don't recognize the genius because the genius is on such an uh, advanced level that you can't accept the fact that there's some place you're not, <laughs> you, you know? And it's like, as the adult, I should be there, right? Well, no. Coach, it, it does not fit into the curriculum for us to talk about that. So <laughs> right, right. Not, you right. just need it, to be quiet and just right. You know, it's, it amazes me the stuff that we expect, right? Like, okay, if I walked into a classroom and everybody was sitting there with their hands folded, I'd be like, what's wrong with these kids? <laughs> you know, why are they sitting there like that? <laughs> like, like, freedom. Like, hello, you can unclasp your hands. <laughs> in my class, you can let your hair down in my class. Like, if you want to stand up in the back of the room, I do not care. I'm not, you don't have to sit down and be, if you want to stand on, on your head, as long as you're participating in class, if I call on you and you're on your head and you can answer the question and you can follow along, I do not care about that. Mm -hmm. We pay attention to stuff that doesn't even matter. Oh, well, he's not sitting up at his desk. Well, how do you know he ever does homework at a desk? You don't even know if he has a desk at home. Right. You know? Oh, you got out on the wrong side of the bed this morning. How do you know you even had a bed to get out the wrong side of? You know, these are the things that people make common mistakes. And then when the kid blows up because he knows the reality of his circumstances, he gets penalized for it every single time. And the teacher's always right. And even if the principal knows that the student is right, they most of the time side with the adult. And that's wrong. Yeah. 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 Before I throw it back to you, Todd, to finish things up, I just want to take a second because I reached out to both of you guys a few weeks ago. Thank you for saying yes. Mm -hmm. We only come on. Uh, Coach Beeman, um, truly appreciate everything you shared. And for, and for both of you, my conversations were different last week because of you. The way I thought about things last week were different because of what we talked about last week. I'm not saying everything you guys told us last week made me super comfortable. Um, and but that's okay. Um, I was more comfortable having difficult conversations with people last week than I've been, and I know this week because of what we talked about tonight, we'll we will be. So thank you so much for coming on. I hope the folks who listen have the same experience. And before I sign off and turn over to Todd, Terrence, I'm just so damn stinking proud of you. I really am. Thank you, Coach. No, that's 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 real. That's real right there. That's like genuine. You know, you, you can hear it in Coach's voice. You can see the expression on his face when he says it. He means that, you know, and he knows that he had a hand in that. So he's proud of you for doing the thing that he knew you could do all the time. Because he never, he, he, there's never once did he not believe in you. You know what I mean? And, and to see you, like, come full circle with everything, man, that's what a coach is about. That's what we like to see, man. You know, we like to see that. That makes us proud. You know, like, like, okay, you know, I don't care how many came through this door, but I know one thing, that guy right there, he got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. That's being real. Thanks, Aaron. And again, it's just, we all just need to people over product. I mean, if we just make a t-shirt and sell it twice and give it away to everybody, you know, people and I don't care I, and I want to I want to share I want to close um, 
really with a, a situation. I, I'm with Aaron. I was I had some conversations last week that went a different direction because it was time that I took it a different direction. And I had the opportunity to go on the radio, our local radio station, with our news guy and do about a six-minute interview. And we talked about the fluff of our new logo and, you know, what fans can do when they come to baseball, softball. But he really wanted me on because last Monday night, uh, the baseball team from Des Moines Roosevelt, the entire team took a knee, the national anthem. And it made national news. It's all over national news. Of course, it was local. It blew up um, in a good way. But he wanted to talk to me about that because I spent four years as the activities director at Des Moines Roosevelt before I came here. And I knew the community that I'm in is predominantly white. It's rural. Um, it's with people based on opinions on what they see on the news. And then they just, that's what they believe. That's what they believe. You know, and so they won't change that. And I talked about how people are in two camps. There's a camp of, you know, basically on taking a knee on no way, no how. And people who say, yes, we allow that. That's a peaceful protest. And so my, my thing was in support of the kids at Damone Roosevelt because I know who they are. And I said, we spend so much time thinking we know who somebody is and we don't know anything about them. And people on the outside would see those Des Moines Roosevelt kids take a knee and that's awful. Those kids, coaches should be fired. Those kids shouldn't be able to finish the season. And I said, we can't be like that anymore. And this is a 57-year-old white man who has lived in white bread America pretty much his whole life. But those four years at Des Moines Roosevelt changed me to appreciate people of 40 different countries, 40 different nationalities. And you two have helped me to continue that, even being away from that environment and that diversity. And I was nervous to really speak out and say that and support those kids for taking a knee because I knew they're, I, you know, Things have been pretty rosy here this first year. We're glad you're here, man. You're doing a great job. But I knew that could, that could go one of two ways. Mm -hmm. And the, it aired at 10 a.m. on the next morning. And I had a phone call at about 10.15 from a guy who I did not expect to get support from one bit. I don't know how he got my phone number, for one thing. <laughs> But he said, thank you. I didn't understand. I hadn't thought about thinking about where people are at in their life and what they're going through or where they're at until you said that. Because people just get too often thinking about themselves and their situation. They can't see past that. So my whole thing was to see it from other people's perspective, not just yours. Because you don't know, and we need to. We need so much more respect in this world right now at this time than we knew throwing stones. And what I shared also was what we had with Mark Stevens, guys, two weeks ago. 
about his five L's. How number one, and we've mentioned this, Byron, how we need to listen. We need to learn, but we got to shut up and listen first. But we need to learn, and then we need to lament. We need to have empathy for where those people are at, and that's where we're missing the boat so many times. We don't have any empathy. We don't. We don't even think about where those people are coming from or what they're, why they're doing what they're doing. And then we need to leverage the position we have. And I thought, you know what, Gordon, if you really believe that, if you believe what Mark Stevens said, you have a platform right now and you have leverage on this radio station to say what needs to be said and to stick up for those kids and their voice. And then the last thing Mark Stevens says, we just got to love. And you guys have talked about that, Terrence and Byron both, about, you know, Byron loving on your kids and, and just taking care of them, them first. And Terrence, the coaches that have impacted you uh, by loving you as Terrence Hall, the man first and the football player second. And we all need to do that more. Oh, we've got we've to practice those as a country. But it starts with us. It starts with us doing that. And, uh, you know, I guess my prayer, my hope for everyone who's listening is that we start to be the change in our communities and our schools. When we need to be the voice, we need to be the voice. We have to be the voice. We don't just need to be, we have to be. And our education has to be not about what's in the walls, but what's going on outside the walls and uh, letting people have a voice and respecting the voice. So I want to thank you two for, again, I think you've changed our three lives. Um, and I think our listeners who are still with us right now to the end of this program, they're here because they're going to make a difference too. Our AD friends and our coach friends and our leaders out there who are still listening. Um, this has been life-changing for a lot of people. And now we, we have to go do it, not just talk. So Terrence Byron, thank you. God bless you both. Uh, you've been a blessing to us and to our listeners. Um, thank you. And now let's go do it and let's not talk about it. Um, in our show notes, you will have emails for Byron, for Terrence. And if you need to use them as a resource, both of these men are, uh, are here to help. And they've said that time and time again. So if you need a question asked or answered, reach out to Byron and Terrence and uh, they will be more willing to help. So guys, thank you. Um, it wouldn't be right for me to have the last say on this because Terrence, I want you to have one more chance to speak and then Byron, uh, you close it and then I'll make, I'll, I'll close it up after that. Terrence. Yeah, ultimately, you know, I just want to, you know, again, thank you guys. Thank the listeners. Um, thank you, coach. You know, I've learned a lot from you even, you know, over this time, you know, first time meeting, but I feel like I've known you even just from connecting <laughs> it, you know, on these two weeks uh, on this uh, podcast. But, you know, just, just, you know, like, like you said, Todd, you know, put it into action. You know, it's one thing to talk about it. You know, as we talk about growing up, talk, talk, don't talk about it, be about it, you know? And, um, you know, this it's 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 awesome. It's it's humbling to me to even be a part of these conversations. Um, but just 
you know, continue to, to, to be the push, you know, it, it's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to happen overnight, but it's about continuing to, to like, like we say in, in the football game, you know, keep your foot on the throat, you know, keep, keep them down, keep going. Got to keep pushing. If you don't let it off, we blow it off. It's, it's going to be gone. It's blown down. Everything that we don't want to happen will continue to happen, but we stay on it. We stay on the front line, continue to push change until there is change. And even then continue to push it forward. Things will change. Things will happen. So again, I'm, I'm so thankful that, uh, you know, I've been able to, you know, speak with you guys, you know, Todd, Scott, you know, you guys are added to the list. Coach Beeman, um, added to the list of guys who I know guys who, you know, I trust, I, I'd go to you guys to have conversations, especially tough ones like this. Aaron, you already know since the first time we met, man, we've, we've been that way. And, um, you know, again, I'm, I'm just, I'm just grateful that I can, you know, add, add to that list for me and, and continue to push change and, and, and help. So thank you guys. Yeah, I would uh, say the same, similar, you know, thank you guys for being open uh, for this type of dialogue and this level of conversation. I know that it's not always easy to have, uh, but they're necessary. And I think that in, a, in this country, we would be a lot further ahead than where we are right now if people would have engaged in these kind of conversations years ago. You know, um, it shouldn't take, you know, a man losing his life or a young lady accidentally being shot by the police or, you know, a young man being hunted down in his, in his own community uh, by, you know, three people and being killed and murdered for people to pay attention. Like, like Rodney King happened in 92. It's, 20, it's 2020. Uh-huh. It's been plenty of time to have these conversations, but people just want to sweep it under the rug, sweep it under the rug, sweep it under the rug. You know, there's definitely two Americas. You know, there's the one that <laughs> over, that's over here and there's one that's over here. And we never get here because we stay over here and we stay over here all the time. And we talk about each other separate from each other instead of talking to each other and trying to figure things out. Um, I've been getting a lot of, you know, a lot of positive responses to the things that I've had to say on Twitter. And there's been a few people that have come, you know, with, with some things. Okay. I can engage in the conversation with you. That's fine. Like, like I'm not, I'm not going to be disrespectful to you. Even if you're disrespectful in your, in your comment to me, it's like, what does that do? Like, I'm not here to debate and argue with you on that level because when that happens, nobody's listening anyway. Nobody's paying attention because all you're worried about is how you're going to respond to the next thing I'm going to say, as opposed to actually listening or reading what I said and actually sitting with that for a second and really thinking about things. So my thing is just to provide a different perspective. That's all. You know, I'm not saying it's this or that or that. I agree with this or that or whatever. It's just like, this is my take on it. This is my stance on it. And if you want to know why that's my position, we can rap about that. That's, that's not a problem. We can have a civil conversation. We don't have to agree. I respect your opinion. Cool. That's not my opinion. That's not the one that I share. Not, not at all. But I hear what you're saying. Cool. Enjoy your day. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not, I'm not going to end that off with a F you or this and that. Like, no, it doesn't have to be combative. You know, that's not what I'm here to do. We're here to try to understand each other. And if we're screaming at each other, neither one of us is listening. So that's where I'm at. And as, you know, the great Nipsey Hussle would say, the marathon continues. You know, 
Uh, and that's just that's just real. The marathon continues, you know, because we know that this is, you know, you don't run the Boston Marathon thinking that, oh, let me just run out in front in mile two, you know, knowing that you still got 24.2 to go. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like it doesn't make sense. So let me set my pace. Okay, I've trained for this. Let's go. You know, I'm going to be here. When, when it's all said and I'm going to have some kick left at the end. <laughs> you know, and that's that's really what it is. Like these things are going to be exhausting. The conversations are going to get long. They're going to get drawn out. But if someone's not sharing your perspective or understanding your perspective, just shut the conversation down. Just shut it down. Don't don't keep don't don't go down a rabbit hole with that foolishness. Just all right, cool. I'm done. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm done. Enjoy your day. You know, you know, cool. You know, because people just want to get you off, off your pivot. You know. And that's what they want to do, you know, and they're not going to do that to me. I'm smarter than that. You know, you're not going to get me off my pivot. I'm going to articulate my feelings in a way that you're going to understand. I'm going to back that with real facts and evidence. I'm not talking about what CNN has said or what Fox News has said. No, this is my experience as a black man in America. So you can't ever invalidate that. You know, you can say a whole bunch of stuff that, oh, well, this person said that, that person said no, my experience as a black man in America, this is what it's like, you know, and as a person who's not black, you got to listen to that because you're not black. And if you can't respect that, then, you know, what's the point? Yep. But the marathon continues, you know. It does. We're in it. Uh, thank you. Thanks, guys. All right. Uh, to our listeners, make sure you check out the notes. We'll have, uh, we'll get those questions also from Byron for about things to ask those tough questions about for coaches and that'll be on our, our website as well. And we'll share that. So thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll talk to you again soon. Be blessed.